Hey there, I'm Matt Walker, the host of the Choir Director Corner podcast. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so excited you are here. Before we dive in, I want to tell you about a one-of-a-kind online resource for choir directors, and it's called the Choir Director Corner Community Membership. This membership was designed to give you the training, the resources, the support, and the community you need to be successful in your teaching. Inside the membership, you'll find online courses, which will help you polish your current skills, as well as learn some new strategies and techniques, a PDF resource library with over 50 PDFs and Google Docs that you can use in your daily teaching and workflows, monthly collaboration calls where you can ask questions, get feedback, and collaborate with choir directors just like you, and access to our recommended repertoire videos and repertoire lists. There's even a private Facebook group which gives you another place online to collaborate with other choir directors and ask questions. Being a choir director doesn't have to be a DIY endeavor. It's so much better when it's done together. So head on over to choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash membership and join us in the Choir Director Corner community membership. Again, that's choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash membership. All right, on with today's episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Choir Director Corner Podcast. My name is Matt Walker. I am your host. Thanks so much for stopping by and joining me for today's episode. And in today's episode, we've got Back to School Part 4, where we're talking about tips for productive rehearsals. Now, it's so important to get the choir started off with productive productive, effective rehearsals, right? No one wants to feel like they're starting, you know, behind the eight ball right from the very beginning of the school year. And there's always a lot to do, but that's especially true at the beginning of the year. So it's imperative that we take advantage of every single minute of rehearsal. Not only will that help us get everything done, but that's also going to set the expectation for the rest of the year that using our rehearsal time productively is crucial to our success. So in today's episode of the podcast, I'm going to share with you 14 tips for productive, effective rehearsals. These tips are geared towards that first week of rehearsals, but many of them are going to apply to all of your rehearsals moving forward. Follow these tips and not only will you make the best use of your rehearsal time, you'll be teaching your singers what it means to rehearse effectively. And that's something that's going to benefit you all year long. So let's dive in. I'm going to fly through these. So this might be an episode where you need to go back and listen to it a second time. I'm going to move rather quickly through these 14 tips for productive and effective rehearsals. Here we go. So number one, start with a day one checklist. So set a timer for 10 to 15 minutes and just do a brain dump and make a list of everything that needs to be done prior to that first rehearsal. 
And once you have your list, rate each item on your list by urgency and significance. Now, this is something that I talk about in the episode uh, on time management. So if you haven't listened to episode 71, you might want to go back and listen to that where I talk a little bit more about urgency and significance. So as you're rating each item, a one would be an item that is of the utmost urgency and significance. Uh, A two would be being somewhat urgent and significant. And then finally, a three would be being the least urgent and significant. And so once you've done that with all of the items on your list, you start with everything that you have marked as a number one. Those are the first things that you start to do on your to-do list, your day one checklist, and you just get to work checking items off your list. So that is number Tip number one, start with a day one checklist. Tip number two, create a basic seating chart for the first day. Now, I know that this is going to change, right? Because you're going to get singers put into their sections. And if they're new singers, you don't know what voice part they sing, right? So quickly, you're going to probably move them. But what you don't want to do is allow them to come in and just sit by whoever they want to, because that is a recipe for distractions in the classroom, right? So giving them a specific spot to sit. And then once you go through uh, the process of placing them in in a section, then you're going to modify that, right? And then you, at that point, you can kind of tell, okay, who's going to be okay sitting next to each other and who maybe I should I separate, right? That's part of that process. But making sure that you've got a specific place for them uh, to sit on that first day. And for me, that also helps uh, with singers that are new to me in learning their names and learning who they are, right? So that's tip number two, create a basic seating chart for the first day. Don't put too much time into this because again, it's going to change rather quickly. Tip number three, think about the traffic in and out of your rehearsal space. This is something that we don't always think about as choir directors, but you want to think about the traffic coming in and out of your rehearsal space because you don't want anything literally and figuratively getting in the way of the beginning of that rehearsal, but then also how they leave the rehearsal space, right? So thinking about that traffic, I had a a choir room at one point where there was some traffic issues. And so I ended up putting the folder cabinets for their choir folders outside in the hallway. And so that was something that really helped uh, the flow of traffic that they got their folder outside of the room and then they came into their spot and sort of cleared the way literally and figuratively uh, for them to get to their spots. And so that we could start uh, the beginning of rehearsal in an efficient manner. So that's number three. Think about the traffic in and out of your rehearsal space. I know we don't always have a lot of control over that. You know, there's, you know, sometimes we get what we get, right? But just giving that some thought and how can you tweak that? Tip number four, discuss and practice if necessary, essential classroom procedures. Now, this is not getting into the the litany of classroom rules uh, that we have, right? This is just thinking about what are the absolutely essential 
things that they need to know as far as procedures for beginning of rehearsal, during rehearsal, and then leaving rehearsal, right? Again, we don't want to take up a whole lot of time, but there are going to be some essential things that they need to know right from the get-go so that we can start these rehearsals at the beginning of the year and making sure that they're productive and efficient, right? So instead of hitting them with 30 minutes of do this and do that, you know, pick just those handful of essential things that they need to know. And if you're dealing with younger singers, by all means, go ahead and practice them. Practice how you would like them to come into the room, right? Practice that traffic flow of, okay, you come here, you get your folder over here, you uh, check in for attendance here, and then you go to your spot, right? You know, whatever that flow might be, it might be kind of silly to to seem silly to actually go and practice that. But especially if the singers are new to you and new to the space and maybe even new to choir, they're going to appreciate that extra guidance from you. Yeah, so discuss and practice if necessary some essential classroom procedures. Tip number five, be clear, insistent, persistent, and consistent with your classroom expectations. And if you want to hear more about setting expectations, go back, make sure you listen to episode 72. And that is the episode where I talk all about setting expectations. And that's mainly for talking about behavior, talking about best practices, yeah, as far as what it means to be a good choir member, to be a good teammate, and what to what does each and every choir member need to do to make it a good experience for everybody else uh, in that ensemble, right? So that is all part of that. So be clear, insistent, persistent, and consistent with your expectations. Again, right from the get-go. And that goes through the whole year, right? That's not just the first day or the first week. That's great for the whole year. Tip number six, keep classroom expectations and your syllabus info short, right? And here's what I like to do. If you've got a four-page syllabus, you're going to break that up into small chunks. And you're going to, you know, for instance, if you got four pages, do a page a day, right? And if they've got other questions, you simply say, hey, you know what, we're going to cover that on Wednesday, we're going to cover that on Thursday. Here's the thing to remember. Pretty much every other class that they're in, what are they doing those first two days? They are sitting there and just basically being talked at right? And getting all of that syllabus info, classroom rules, what to do, what not to do, all of that, right? That's definitely their first day. And that's probably their, you know, their second day, maybe even their third day, right? So we're trying to spread out this important information. It's not that it's not important. Yeah. Classroom expectations, very important. Syllabus info, how they are going to be assessed, very important. But take that info and break it up into small chunks, yeah, so that we can save as much time as we can for some other things in these beginning rehearsals, which we'll get to, right? So that's tip number six. Tip number seven, and this is something that goes for the whole year, not just for the first week. Rehearsal pacing is your best friend, 
Yeah. Keeping rehearsal activities short and keeping things moving. One of the things that's just a killer for classroom management engagement in rehearsal and participation is rehearsal pacing and activities that go too long right? If you start to look at your singers and you get the glazed eyes look, that is a sign you need to move on to something different, right? So keep that pacing moving and keeping those rehearsal activities short, not doing one thing for too long. So that's tip number seven. Tip number eight, include time to build the individual skills of singers. Yeah, And what we do in choir, it's, it's very unique because we have ensemble skills and sort of ensemble uh, expectations, right? and ensemble outcomes, but we also have individual skills and individual outcomes. So making time to build those individual skills, you know, music literacy, music theory, vocal technique, etc. Now, you might not be doing so much of this the first week because there's so much to get done in those beginning rehearsals, but this needs to be on your radar. And again, this is something as you go through the year in your rehearsals, this is good for all year long, making sure that you build time into rehearsals to encourage and grow those individual skills of our singers. That's tip number eight. Tip number nine, have music ready at the beginning of the year, or at least have, you know, a general set in mind, but I would avoid setting it in stone. Yeah, I like to start by singing rounds and sight reading just lots of different music. That let your singers give input on what they like, right? And it also gives you the opportunity to assess where they are vocally as a group, where they are with their understanding of music literacy. And that's going to help guide you in selecting and finalizing your choir's repertoire. You know, my first two years teaching, you know, I would have my, in my mind, my repertoire set in stone. This is what we're doing without any sort of input from my singers. And there were a couple of times where it kind of bit me in the butt a little bit, where um, I was kind of locked into doing a certain piece of music. And um, it wasn't the best experience for my singers because I really didn't take into account their perspective. So this is a way of getting their perspective. And it also helps to keep you from maybe choosing something that's way too difficult or way too easy for them too, right? Have them sight read some music and that gives you a good understanding of through the ensemble, ensemble wide, where are they going to be at? Especially helpful if most of the singers are new to you. So that's tip number nine. Tip number 10, use voice placements to quickly gain an understanding of each voice, right? You, especially if they're new to you, but you know, if even if they're not you new to you, um, voices change and voices change uh, often rather quickly. Yeah. So use a system for voice placements where um, you can gain an understanding of each voice. But again, you're trying to do this rather quickly. 
right? And then once we get started uh, with our rehearsal process uh, in that first rehearsal period, then you can go back and follow up and maybe get some more in-depth information about uh, the voice of each singer. But right now, especially at the beginning, we want to know in general what section are they going to be in so that we can place them in a section and get started on that repertoire. We also want to know, again, if singers are new to us, who is struggling as far as, for instance, matching pitch, right? Uh, because then that uh, gives us some ideas of where we need to place those singers uh, physically in uh, in the arrangement of the choir. But again, we've got a lot of things to do, so it's very easy to spend too much time on this process, yeah? So the, the imperative word uh, here <laughs> is quickly, and trying to do it as quickly as we can while still getting uh, valuable information. So that's tip number 10. Number 11, our goal here is no lost time. We don't ever want any singers sitting idle with nothing to do, right? And that's a tall order. I get it. Sometimes you just got to stop and deal with a certain situation or deal with uh, a particular section, right? I get it. But our goal really, and again, this is going to help you as far as management too, every single student is always doing something. So here's an idea for you. You remember in elementary school where um, your elementary classroom had stations? I remember with my daughter, but my son especially, uh, he loved stations time. Uh, because why? Well, because number one, they had input in what they got to do, right? They had some choice in what activity they were doing, number one. And then number two, there was also variety in what they got to do. So they weren't just stuck doing one thing for too long and getting bored. They could move to a different station, right? Well, what if you tried uh, a choir version of stations where you set up three or four things in your room and they move around the room in pods and sort of knock out some of these things that you want to accomplish at the beginning of the year, right? So give it some thought. Look at the things that you want to accomplish in that first week. And there are there some things that you could pair up and save some time by creating some stations and having them cycle through uh, those different stations and just knocking some stuff out and getting some things done that way, right? And that keeps everybody busy too, because they're always cycling through and they've always got a different activity that they're working on. So something to think about. But again, trying to make sure that every single student is always doing something. That's great for the first week. That is great all year long. Tip number 12, ask open-ended questions in rehearsal whenever possible to keep your singers engaged. Now, this takes some training at first, right? Um, if this is something that's new for your singers, because sometimes when you ask open-ended questions, uh, you get the, you know, the oral version of War and Peace, right? <laughs> Where they just want to keep on talking and talking and talking. So you you kind of have to train them. Yes, I want specific answers, specific information in your response, but also to keep it succinct, right? 
And so that's going to be a process too. That's a life skill. That's just not a choir skill. That's a life skill as well. But by asking those open-ended questions, you're going to get them to think on a little bit higher level. They have to sort of, you know, can use their creativity a little bit more, but they're also going to be more engaged that way right? And if they know that at any time you like to ask questions and that they might get called on, chances are, uh, and you know, coming from a classroom management perspective, they're going to be paying a little bit more attention in, attention in class, right? But if you do this at the beginning of the year, and then you continue to do this from the singer perspective, it's like, wow, the choir director, like, values our opinions, right? They're giving us input. Like we really have investment in this process because they they ask us questions all the time about what we think. That can be a really valuable thing uh, as far as building community, right? And the more you can build community, you build trust, and that's going to improve the music making. So asking some open-ended questions with maybe a little training on how that should work at the beginning of the year. Tip number 13, sing as much as you can and sing something at the end of rehearsal that will give them a quick win, right? You, I try to end something at the, at the end of the uh, rehearsal. I try to have them singing something where they are going to be successful and that's going to take them out the door. I want them singing on their way out of the room because that just creates a wonderful energy and a wonderful anticipation for that next rehearsal, right? But the majority of our students, you know, unless you're in a situation where they're required to be there, the majority of our students, they're there because they want to sing, right? They want to make music. And so, um, you know, I can get on a roll in a rehearsal. You know, I, I like to talk once I get going, just like anybody else. But I really try to sort of nip that in the bud, especially that first week, keeping that talking to a minimum as much as I can, my talking to a minimum as much as I can, and just having singing be as much of a part of rehearsal as possible. I want to get them singing and really set the expectation that, hey, we are here to sing. We are here to make music. I am here to help you as an individual singer. And we are here to work together as an ensemble to be successful, right? So that is tip number 13. Great for the first week, really literally and figuratively sets the tone, right? But that's all year long. And finally, tip number 14, always take the time to build community. And I talked about this a little bit ago. That first week of school, it's a fantastic time to start laying the groundwork for building community within your choir program. And some directors say, well, I can't afford to do that because I don't have time. I've got all of these other things to do. And my response is, you can't afford to not do it. It's so very important on a number of levels. And again, what we forget is the more you build 
community within your choirs, the more the music making is going to improve too. It truly does. And so it's so very important. And again, you don't have to spend hours on this, right? It's just little bits here and there in rehearsal. Yeah. Finding short little activities, five to 10 minutes, right? Keeping it short, but keeping it sweet, right? And keeping it valuable for your students where they know where, you know, they're valued, not just as musicians, but as human beings too, right? So always taking the time to build community. Again, great for the first week, but that is great all year long. Well, those are the 14 tips for productive and effective rehearsals. Now, if you want to hear more about what I do in the first week of rehearsals, then check out my back to school survival guide. In this guide, I detail step by step what I do for the first week of rehearsals and I actually do it for a beginning rehearsal. But then I also talk about a more experienced rehearsal and how that looks different. I also include my PDF rehearsal planner, which uh, will help you uh, plan out and organize your rehearsals, but there's also your typical calendar planner as well. So I include that PDF rehearsal planner as well as four templates that will help you get organized for not only for that first week of rehearsal, but also beyond. And so there's a daily rehearsal plan template, a choir handbook template, and a course syllabus template so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's even a seating chart template that you can use. And all of those are in Google format. So you simply make a copy of those and tweak those to best fit your needs. So you can get a copy of the Back to School Survival Guide over at choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash shop. And this year for everyone that gets a copy of the Back to School Survival Guide, I'm also going to be creating a new PDF guide on some of my favorite team building activities. And so once that's finished, everyone that gets the Back to School Survival Guide, I'm going to send you that guide on my favorite team building activities via email as well. Well, that is it for today's episode, my friends. I hope this episode has inspired you and motivated you to create more productive and effective rehearsals and really set the tone here at the beginning of your choir year. If you've been enjoying the podcast, would you do me a huge favor and wherever you listen to your podcast, would you go over and leave a five-star rating and review? That will help more choir directors find the podcast and help me in my goal to help as many choir directors as possible. Well, thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep being awesome. Are you looking for resources that will save you time and frustration? Want to dive deeper into topics related to your teaching? Then check out the Choir Director Corner Community Membership over at choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash membership. Membership.